the Red Raven Games Podcast, episode 21. I'm Brenna Asplund. I'm Ryan Lockett. Andrew's not here. He's sick today. This is it. This is all you're going to get. <laughs> Just get the two of us today. <laughs> After two weeks off, you now get a undercast podcast. Half the crew. <laughs> half, you now get half the crew. Well, you know what's funny is most of the podcasts I listen to only have two people on them. Yeah, a lot of them do. Yeah. So I guess that's not weird. Yeah. But we don't we haven't done many with we always have three. It's right? true. Yeah, it's weird for us, but it's not weird <laughs> for podcasts in general. Yeah, sometimes yeah. we have four even. So Yeah, we have big big groups. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember when I was um years ago mm-hmm. when I uh was just uh in college, just just starting to go to college. Uh the the podcast I listened to was the uh uh, there was a Board Game Geek podcast. Oh, yeah? I'm trying to remember what it was called. Geek Speak Radio or something like that. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure a lot of people have listened to some of those old episodes. But they did they did interviews with Alan R. Moon and, like, a ton of, you know, really famous designers. Yeah. And that was back before I had published anything or done art for anybody. And I was I just listened to those over and over again because I was so excited about the industry and I, I wanted to get into it and uh anyway those were fun and uh then uh, I got into the dice tower mm-hmm. and for years listened to the dice tower every episode without fail I think I I've listened to every episode from the beginning except this last year I haven't been able to keep up on oh the no dice tower, so but I always listen to the Dice Tower and then a bunch of other podcasts as well. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the, and I, I bring it up because it's the Dice Tower, two people. So That's true. So <laughs> if it's good enough for the Dice Tower, good enough for us. Good enough for us. So yeah. played anything inter- interesting? Yeah, I've actually, since it's been such a long gap here, I have a few games that I've played. I've been playing Yakuza 0 a lot, which I won't go into in too much detail, but it's a it's a stupidly fun game. Uh, I've also been playing Fire Emblem Heroes, which is the new Fire Emblem mobile game they just came out with. Oh, right. Now, is this made by Nintendo? Yes. Yes. So yeah, it's, it's like first party. It's another one of their yeah, forays into the mobile market. Yep, and, that's uh, exactly what it what is. What do you think? Yeah. Um, it's yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> it's okay. How do you it's feel about good. Super Mario Run or whatever it's called? I actually haven't played oh, okay. Super Mario Run. But this is, Fire Emblem Heroes is very much in the style of Japanese, like, gachapon games for, like, mobile games. So there's a lot of games like it where you have sort of a team of characters, Mm. but you're trying to save up in-game currency to do sort of like a random role to get those characters. And there are different characters that are more rare than others. Okay. But you can also pay real money to get a bunch of that in-game currency to roll well, for the better characters. So <laughs> that's the main that's the main microtransaction there. Okay. But mm-hmm. uh, the my main frustration with Heroes so far, like the basic gameplay of it, it's like your standard Fire Emblem. So it's got sort of like short little mini battles where you're doing the tactical RPG thing. Mm. And right. then, and then, so you're as you're going through those levels, you're trying to get the resources to try to recruit the heroes to get the better heroes. 
So you can do the bigger battles. You do the bigger battles. So you can the better heroes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Etc. Forever. <laughs> My main frustration with it is that it's a it's really hard to level up your heroes. It's really hard to get any and all of your heroes when you recruit them, you recruit them at level one. So even if they're okay. better heroes, they're not going to oh, be useful for even the if higher more level. Rare, you got to sit there. And, yeah, you have oh, to yeah. grind on the old levels to try to get them to level up. And if a hero dies during a battle, even if your team survives and you win the battle, that hero loses all experience points it got in the battle. Oh. That which makes it even harder to level up. That's the main frustrating thing to me. It's like you get a hero and you're like, oh, finally I leveled this person up. Then they die next turn. They die before <laughs> the end of the battle. You lost that level you just got for them. Uh, uh, and like you can, there are ways to increase the rarity of your hero. Like they're given star ratings. Yeah. So with like a huge amount of resources, you can increase like a three star hero to a four star hero. But when you do that, they're sent back to level one again. They have to be at least level 20 to increase their star rating. And then they go back to level one. So that's really <laughs> frustrating to me. Wow. Yeah. It's interesting because it's, you know, in game design, when they're trying to give you that carrot, mm-hmm. um, it's the question is how steep do you make the hill? Exactly. Do you have to climb to get the carrot, and how often do you get a carrot? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> That's what, my main thing is. I've I've actually played several Gachapon games, so I don't have a problem with the concept in general. Yeah. Like a lot of people I know just think that's inherently like bad design or lame. I don't think it is necessarily. But I do think it's a little this this particular game is a little too punishing to play. There's not quite ever enough of a carrot. There's not enough of an of reward. Oh. It doesn't feel like you're ever achieving anything. Right. Yeah. So interesting. Well, speaking of carrots. Yes. So I finally bought Stardew Valley nice. on PS4 and it's really fun. I'm yeah. playing a lot. And I actually played it a ton because I went to Anaheim to a convention. I got mm-hmm. back and I got super sick. And for days I couldn't even like get off the couch. And so the only thing I could do was play this yes. game. <laughs> At least it's a fun, chill game to play while you're sick, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it was fun. I really got into the... What's cool is when I started to play, it, it felt so huge, you know? Yeah. Like there was, I'm planting, you know, crops and okay, I'm chopping wood and oh my gosh, I can go into this mine and I can start delving down and they have all these things I can find and yeah, I got way into it. It's a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, it's cool. And it's fun to, it's really rewarding to like see your farm, like you go out and you see like how it's growing and, and how you can organize it yourself. Mm-hmm. So I like that aspect. Well, I, and that's why I like a lot of games, like board games like that. Yeah. I know people talk about farming games like, oh my gosh, we need another farming game. There's something really rewarding about building like a, a sort of a shape, like a geometric kind of mm-hmm. a organization, you know. And how much time do you spend spend on like actually organizing your farm, like set, lay, the layout of it? Well, yeah, I mean, not as much time. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I there was a time when I sort of chopped everything down and started all the way over yeah, because yeah. I wanted it to look better than it had. Yeah, that's what I was curious about because I know some people put a lot of time and effort into designing their farms in that game. Yeah, which I I have a hard time doing that because once I've set it up, I like I don't want to don't want knock to it, it all down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, I kind of did do that where sort of I had kind of a pretty bad layout. 
my first my first go at it because oh. I didn't know that much about the game. So yeah. I just put stuff wherever. And I had all of my crops like right at the bottom of my doorstep. Oh yeah. And it was really <laughs> annoying. So I I rearranged a lot there, but Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it was interesting. I mean, we we keep comparing it to like games like Agricola, but there's definitely a a similarity there. There is, so. yeah. Anyway, you you said you played a board game. Yes, I recently. did. Well, a tabletop game. Oh, a tabletop game, that's right. And I haven't actually played it yet, but I'm setting up for it. So I'm starting a Pathfinder campaign. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm finally getting back into uh, tabletop RPGs. Because what it was is a a couple of my friends have started getting into one of the sort of D&D play podcasts that I really like called The Adventure Zone. Oh, yeah. And so talking to them about how excited they were about that, yeah. I was like, well, do you want to do a campaign? <laughs> and ended up having tons of our friends sign on for it. Oh. So... At the moment, we have nine player characters, Whoa. and then I'm the DM. So, <laughs> now, are you doing this? Um, are you using the digital tools to do yeah. it? Yeah, we're using Roll Twenty. Okay. Uh, so these are all pretty much all online friends. Yeah. So people who live in different states. So they can be far away there's, and you can there's, play. Mm-hmm, there's one player from Canada, one from Florida. Oh, nice. A lot of a lot in Arizona, and a few of us in Utah. So, because we're kind <laughs> of all over. Exciting. Yeah, we just had our first meeting yesterday to sort of begin uh, figuring out the software and, like, just doing some basic planning. Oh. Uh, Our first game session is going to be in a couple weeks. Oh. But we even, we set up sort of a group chat about it, and I think I've gotten at least another 50 messages since we started this (laughs) podcast. So it's... Your new huge... Time yeah, sink. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be taking a lot of time and effort. But people, the players seem really excited about it, so that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, even if it's a little, maybe a little out of hand in the group chat right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. I. It, it's funny because just the other day I was, I just got rid of my uh, D&D second edition books. Wow. <laughs> Finally. I yeah. had them forever and I hadn't even opened them for like 10 years and I, and I thought, okay, I, I'm never going to use these again. Yeah. So I finally put them in a box and the nice thing, sent them away. The nice away. thing about Pathfinder is that you can get the rule book online and there's so many different resources Yeah. for learning the rules and having access to that. So that's, that's a big reason why I wanted to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And the nice thing about using the, the roll 20 software is that it has all of the dice built into it and stuff. So it's a really so doing Pathfinder on Roll Twenty is a great way to get a game together without like everyone having to spend money to get all these different pieces and resources that they'll need to play the game because you just have everything. Oh right, that is nice. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it looks a lot nicer than like, you know, old graph paper with. Yeah. We used yeah. to put like pennies and like paper clips. Yeah. <laughs> no, the 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 one thing that I'm mostly not looking forward to is making all the maps, which I may oh, yeah. not really do very many complicated maps because I don't. It can be very time consuming. I don't have a lot of patience for that either. Like yeah. I'd rather, and I kind of I enjoy the flexibility of not having the map in front of you, because then you can sort of change things on the fly more if you're just describing the world yeah. and then you can you can make last second changes to 
where things are or how things are set up to react to what your players are doing. Yeah. So I like that extra bit of freedom and not having a map. Yeah. So I may not do much yeah. there. I actually, so to tell you the truth, when I do role-playing games, I don't like maps. I don't like mm-hmm. grids. Mm-hmm. I don't like anything like that. I like to to have it all sort of imagination. Yeah. Because a map can really bog it down. It can. Like, the, you get to that battle, and it's just like, it turns into this slog. Exactly, you know? yeah. It's like, where's the door? Oh, yeah, it's right over here. And you, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, it can be a lot more fun when you just say what you're doing, <laughs> and you just do it. Like, there's a lot. It's faster. It's looser. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know a lot of people are going to listen to this and disagree with me, so. <laughs> I know. This is just... This is just my personal style of play. I also am not much of a of a rules hound, so I'll just yeah. If it's something like, is entertaining it's enough, I kind of like that. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Well, we have another eight minute game design. Yes, we do. Let me pull that up here. So this week's eight minute game design suggestion comes from Matt Nelson, who's at Matt W Nelson on Twitter. He says competing butcher shops in a fantasy setting <laughs> who can make the finest magical creature tenderloins. <laughs> oh, gosh. And the reason, part of the reason I thought this one was fun was so there's this comic book that I've been into recently yeah. called Dungeon Meshy, or that translates into English as Delicious in Dungeon. <laughs> and sort of the basic premise of it is it's this RPG, like a classic JRPG-style world, where there are these parties delving into these magical dungeons underground. Yeah. But they're trying to go save one of their party members, the main characters, who got trapped on a lower level, and they don't have the time or money to get the supplies that they need. So their plan is to kill and cook and eat the monsters in the dungeon as they're going to try to save her. So it's basically like a comic where just every chapter they kill and then prepare another monster. And it gives you like the whole recipe for how they do it. The complicated like gourmet stuff they do to cook the monsters. It's so the, you know, you could do something, you could do something like that. And it's where you have the butcher shop, but you also could have an element like a of dungeon crawling element. or a or, recipe or dungeon element. Crawling. Well, okay, so you yeah. got to okay, so you gotta go. You gotta go in the dungeon. You gotta get to the go meat. hunt the meat. Mm-hmm. And there's different kind of meat in different dungeons. So there's maybe there's like a, a hot lava dungeon, and you go get like uh, like the lizard, like, yeah, stuff salamander, like yeah. <laughs> and then there's like a there's like a muddy cave, drippy marshy dungeon, mm-hmm. and that's where you get the. Uh, snakes or I don't know. yeah yeah you, no, or you could have, you could get um well if we're doing it just generally cooking instead of just being a butcher necessarily yeah you could get you know in the in the swamp dungeon you could get slimes like different slime monsters okay. maybe add some different flavors to them okay and uh, there's like a uh, like a cold icy dungeon and that's where you find um, well, there are these. There's these new. We'd have to make up new types of monsters. Yes, so absolutely. Like, so this is this big furry monster that's sort of like a. It's like a mix between a bear and a, a cow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really ferocious, and uh, but it, you know it has those. It has a lot of meat on there, mm-hmm. it, and uh, so you hunt it, and you've got to take it back to your butcher shop, and each player has their own butcher shop, right? And maybe you can build next to it like a. Um, a restaurant. 
right? Yeah. Is that what we're doing here? Yeah, <laughs> that sounds... Yeah, you could do the butchers and the restaurant, and then the restaurant's where you can do some more creative stuff with recipes to make fancier foods. Okay, all right. Or you so can have the butcher shop just sell cuts of meat. All right, so what's the mechanic in this game? What's the main... How do you do things? That's a good question. So let's 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 make this a uh, push your luck game. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to go. Each dungeon has its own um, like uh, sort of uh, dangers. Okay. And you have to take things. You have to you have to prepare for these dangers. And let's say there's a uh, let's say in the in um, maybe in the swampy dungeon mm-hmm. you can get poisoned. Okay. And so yeah. you have to have an antidote for poison. Um, but if you go too far and you lose all your hearts, then everything you picked up, you lose. So mm-hmm. there's that push your luck element where you're going, and maybe you're, maybe we're flipping cards. So there's like every time you go into a new room in the dungeon, you flip a new card, and that card might have dangers on it, but it also has like stuff you can uh, like hunt, right? Yes. And so, uh, but if you go too far. Um, you you'll come home with nothing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds that sounds perfect. <laughs> and do we want to like incorporate different characters or different um, equipment that will make your character stronger so you can go deeper, or do we want to just do the pure push your luck? You have your standard mm, guy. Yeah, there the has beginning. to be there has to be a shop where you can buy more stuff, or maybe you're hiring people to go. Oh down yeah. To get mm-hmm. stuff. So you're you're just the one running the company. You're hiring adventurers to go hunting for you. <laughs> yeah. So your adventurers, um, maybe the guys. You, okay. So the guys you hire, they have some stats. They have like hearts, mm-hmm. and then they have um, different like hunting abilities, and maybe they also have um, like tastes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Like this guy likes this kind of food. And this guy likes this kind of food. And you should you should give them all stats. They have secret recipes. Each one has like a recipe on it. Yeah, that's what I was I was gonna say you should give them stats to be chefs too, so you can okay. have your hardcore warrior that you're sending down into the dungeon. <laughs> but then you build your restaurant next to your butcher shop. Now you've assigned him as your head chef. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go, folks. The next butcher game coming from fantasy butchers, fantasy butcher from Red Raven game. Games. <laughs> All right, so uh, I just thought I'd quickly update everybody on what we're doing here. We're working on a ton of projects, and mm-hmm. a ton of them I can't talk about. Yep. Which I know must be frustrating to hear, but we are working on Empires of the Void 2. We've decided to call it Empires of the Void 2. Now, why did we decide to do this? Well, we have we have a second edition of a game already. What game is that, Bruno? It is City of Iron 2nd Edition. So why did we decide to call that 2nd Edition, and this time we decided to call it 2? So City of Iron 2nd Edition, it had some mechanical changes, but it was largely cosmetic. Like, all of the art was redone, and then some of the balance of the game was changed, but as at its heart, it was very much the same basic game. Right. Uh, Empires of the Void 2 is significantly more different from Empires of the Void yeah, it's like the it's like the mechanics in in City of Iron Second Edition are the same. Yeah, but there are no mechanical there are no mechanisms in Empires of the Void two that are also in Empires of the Void one. <laughs> it's, 
It's mechanically a completely new game. It's thematically similar, and yes. I think there are similar. There's a similar feeling to the gameplay, sure. but the me- game mechanics themselves are completely different. So that's why we're calling it two rather than second edition. Yeah. Now, for example, now, now don't worry, guys. Hear me out. Don't here. get freaked out. So, so in Empires of the Void two, you can you have um, spaceships, and you go around with units, and you can take over. Um, planets and different territories on planets you can also um use diplomacy yep. and ally with different aliens and if you are an ally of an alien you can recruit their special unit and you can um let's see oh and you'll get a bonus yep. you know you'll get a, a special ability from from that alien um so what I just described to you, right? It sounds it's sounds Empires like Empire of the Void. Void right? Yeah. So it does have some things in common there. Um, we just changed a lot of the mechanisms. Yeah, just the the way that you do a lot of that stuff. Like you're doing the same things as in Empires of the Void one, but you're doing them in a different way now. Sure. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Yeah. So yeah, we've been working on that, and I have been trying to well. I have been making some 3D models for it, so I've decided to model the ships by myself. Yep. <laughs> Which means I've had to learn some new, difficult 3D modeling programs, but I've had a few months of practice, and I didn't ever think I could do it, but I am pretty confident I can make some stuff that'll work, so I'm excited about it. It's been a fun thing. <laughs> so I guess so I guess you could say that this week's tip of the week is uh, try new things and branch out and see what you can learn, and you might surprise yourself. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, and no matter your age, you know, it's not like I, – I used to think that learning new programs or learning new skills or something like that I could only do – when I, in like, in my early 20s or, like, when I was a teenager, you know? Yeah. It's sort of, you have this idea. You go to college and, like, that's when you sort of learn all your skills, like, maybe in your 20s. Mm-hmm. And this year, um, let's see, I, I'm still, okay, so, yeah, I know, I'm still a young guy. Yeah. But this year, I um, learned how to juggle and I learned how to 3D model. So, <laughs> <laughs> you can always learn new things. Yeah. Even if, you know. No matter where you are in life, even if you've mastered some other things or you're already good at some other things, you know, stretching out, I think it's good for your brain. Um, and I, I really never thought I could do the 3D modeling thing. I, yeah. It seemed way intimidating. Um, but I started out with a program called Sculptress, which is a very bare bones program where they just give you a ball of clay and you can just mess with it, mess with it and mush it around. And uh, I recently am I'm learning how to use uh, ZBrush, which is one of the biggest, um, one of the bigger 3D modeling programs. So it's a very difficult program. It has been it's very intimidating, but it's been fun. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just uh, don't limit yourself based on things that you decide are impossible, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, thank you for joining us, everyone. Yeah. Um, you can visit our website, redravengames.com. You can follow us on Twitter, at redravengame. No S. No S. Do you um, have anything else, Brenna? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, at Brenna underscore Asplund. You can follow uh, Andrew on Twitter, even though he's not here this week, at Enderfrick, I believe is his is his handle. Uh, we'd like to thank 
Fluid Volt for the use of our theme song, Doggy Goes Moo, off the album Clay Memory. You can find uh, more of their music on soundcloud.com slash fluidvolt. All right. Well, everybody, have a great week, and we'll see you later. Nevermore. When I brought those games home that you gave me, yeah, uh, like later that evening, David brought the whole stack into my room. He's like, "Okay, we're gonna play all four of these real quick. Best, <laughs> best, uh, like whoever wins the most games wins overall." So then we would just grab the box, we'd pull it out, we'd find like if there was some dice in it or something, just roll a dice. Whoever gets the highest <laughs> die roll wins that game. Then we'd go on to the next one. It's got like a bunch of different money tokens, yeah. so we just draw a random one. Whoever gets the highest one wins. <laughs> So we were playing the actual games you at all. We played all four. Of we those played games. all four of those games exactly the way they're supposed to be played, with totally the rules. Yeah, <laughs> I lost very badly. <laughs> yeah, David kept getting higher numbers.